Hey guys, welcome back. This is Shannon Early, your hostess of Nesting with the Early Birds. And just in case you didn't know, I'm also a Sunday school teacher at my church, Sycamore Presbyterian. I go to a Reformed Presbyterian Church of America, and that place is the bomb. If you ever are looking for a church and you're like, man, I want to go somewhere where all they really do is preach from the Bible. They don't do any politics. They don't do any side talk. Just the Bible. Check out a Reformed church, especially a PCA, um, a Presbyterian Church of America, because they are theologically sound. They are the jam. So I'm a Sunday school teacher there, and I do it for elementary school age children. And right now we're doing a program where it's kind of like a VBS or a vacation Bible school every Sunday. And so there's a storyteller for 15 minutes, and they have a craft or activity for 15 minutes, and they've got some sort of... Uh, playtime kind of thing for 15 minutes. And it's been really great. The kids have loved it. And right now I'm a storyteller and the character that I am is a librarian who's super stressed because she has these tests coming up and she's full of anxiety and doesn't know what to do. And then the librarian shares a story with the children about, you know, I'm so stressed, but it reminds me of this story, blah, blah, blah. When I was doing the story this time, though, God kept putting on my heart a devotional regarding the story. So I wanted to share it with you. So what I was teaching the kids this week was the story of Paul. For those of you that might not know, or maybe just a refresher course here, Paul used to be called Saul, S-A-U-L. And Saul was actually a person that was a persecutor of Christians. He loved killing them, wrecking their lives, taking things from them, whatever. He hated Christians with a passion. And one day, God spoke to him, turned his name into Paul, and Paul became one of the biggest monsters of Christianity as far as like, yeah, man, that's a monster. That guy's a beast. He is awesome and super passionate and strong and has really great uh, ways of speaking things that really can resonate with you. And so this is a story about Paul. Paul had been now on the other side of persecution, and he was the one that is being persecuted, and he's being put into jail for no reason, and all these people are making lies about him, and eventually he has to go on a journey to go and be on trial in front of the Caesar of Rome. And so on the way there, right, they have to get onto a ship. And, you know, the ships back then, obviously, (laughs) they might have been safe, but there's a lot of things that were missing, you know, like a GPS device, weather tracking, you know, depth finders, all that jams. So Paul says to the guys, hey, man, this journey doesn't look good. Like the way that you're trying to go, I I think it's not going to be right. I, I have a bad feeling, you know. Oh, and also, by the way, I'm definitely paraphrasing everything. If you want to read about this, you can find it in Acts 27 through 28. That's Acts, A-C-T-S, 27 through 28. And so this is in the book of Acts that I'm just, you know, giving the Shannon version. (laughs) But it is true. And so anyway, so Paul's on the ship and he's telling them this doesn't look like a good way. And they're all like, ah, shut up. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. And then this beautiful southwest breeze comes along, gently blowing. And Paul's like, oh, no, guys, this is it. This is what I'm saying. We have to turn around. And they're like, dude, you're a fool. This is the best weather for sailing. You are so, you know, you're a ding dong, an ignoramus, whatever they said. Um, and they're like, you're ridiculous, man. So all of a sudden, this northeastern wind comes in and it's strong. And some of you may know it 
uh, more fondly referred to as a nor'easter, which is an extremely strong wind. So now you have this wind coming from the southwest and then the other wind that comes from the northeast and they start to combine and they build into a gigantic hurricane. And remember, Paul had already told them, guys, this is extremely a bad idea. They didn't care. Well, this hurricane starts just pounding the ship. They're in the middle of the sea. And Paul says at one point that they neither saw the sun nor the stars nor the moon for days on end. I mean, you have to imagine the depths of fear these men must have felt as they're on this ship in the middle of the sea, just getting tossed around, you know, played with like a rag doll. And hold on one second. My son just walked into the room shooting me with a fake gun. All right. So I've just been attacked. Everything's good. My three-year-old has a fake gun that he came in with, but we're all good now. So I figure I'll keep it in just so you guys remember. I'm also a mom and this is my hobby and I do it um, whenever I really can. And my husband told me that he was going to cook dinner and I could do this. Anyways, so the storm is gigantic and it's jamming these guys hard and all of a sudden they, you know, they stop eating. They're just so terrified. And it doesn't say in the Bible why they stopped eating, but I feel like they probably were sick to their stomachs from seasickness and also from fear and worry. It wasn't like they didn't have any food. And so they're not eating or anything. And it's just awful. And also, Paul is a prisoner on this ship. It's not like he's, you know, a captain or anybody of any authority. He's literally a prisoner on the ship, and he's guarded by a centurion soldier. These are the Roman guys that you see with the red cloaks and the armor and the giant sword. And so he's guarded by this guy, and all the men are freaking out. And one night, an angel of the Lord comes and appears to Paul while he is, you know, in the ship hole during this storm. And he tells him, Paul... God's going to be merciful to you and all the people on this ship. I promise if you stay on the ship, you guys will all live. It's not true, though. If anybody leaves this ship, you're going to die. So I'm just telling you, keep everybody on ship and you'll be good. And so Paul tells everybody, listen, an angel appeared to me and he said that, you know, we're going to be safe if we stay on the ship. Uh, so just trust me. Well, as the storm continues the men start taking soundings, which is they start taking measurements of the depth of the water and they see that it starts decreasing by half increments. So, you know, it's at 120 feet and then 90 feet and then 60 feet. And obviously that is not a good thing to be in shallow water when you're in a giant ship, right? And they start getting really scared. And so these men start throwing things overboard. It said they threw off not one, not two, not three, but four anchors they throw into the sea in order to make the ship calm down and none of it works. They then start throwing off the tackle, everything they can find, because this storm is insane. Then these guys, some of them, pretend that they're going to go do something on the other side of the ship. And there's actually a lifeboat that is hanging with a rope. And they start trying to lower it into the water because they're going to escape for their lives. And the centurion sees them doing this and shrink, unsheaths his sword, cuts those ropes and prevents them from using their lifeboat to escape and says, yo, Paul said we have to stay on the ship. You got to believe him. If anybody leaves, we're going to die. So now you see the centurion believing in what God's promise is, enough so that he even cuts this lifeboat off. 
Now all the men are still on the ship and the water's getting more and more shallow. And all of a sudden they get this feeling and the men yell, land ahoy! And the ship is going fast and faster and faster and the land is coming up and all of a sudden, boom, they crash into this giant sandbar and the ship explodes. And the captain and all the men are yelling, anybody that can swim to shore, just start swimming when you land in the ocean. Anybody that can't swim, grab onto something that that will float you to shore. And so eventually, every single man on the ship makes it to the shore alive. Every single man. And you have to think, this was a gigantic storm. And these men should have died, at least some of them. Because there was a gigantic shipwreck in the middle of a sea during a hurricane. And they land somewhere. They have no idea where they are. The whole thing. So here's where my devotional part comes in. Now that you know the backstory. I started thinking about how the men wanted to get into the life raft. And I started thinking about how the centurion's faith was like, nope, we're going to cut this off. And it made me think, you know, there's so many times in my life, and I'm sure in your life as well, where you secretly do keep this life raft, this lifeboat, in the back of your mind in order to really get you through something, right? To have faith through something. And it's like, okay, I'm going to believe in God and dot, dot, dot this lifeboat. I'm going to believe in God and my financial stability. I'm going to believe in God and I'm going to keep this person that I flirt with at work close by just in case. You never know, but there's totally a difference between having true and utter faith in God and then keeping your lifeboat right there, guys. Think about in a marriage, right? For instance, Do you have a lifeboat that you're holding on to? Like, just in case my marriage goes south, I'm going to save separate money secretly. And I'm not talking about abusive situations, guys. I'm talking about a typical marriage, okay? So just so you know, obviously, it's abusive. Get out of there, girl. You deserve better. Get out of there, boy. Get you. So listen, I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is you're in a marriage and maybe you're bored or something, right? This lifeboat that you might be tucked away, you know, have tucked away next to you, you got to cut that out. Get it off of you. Have faith in God. Look ahead. Remember, guys, that we have an eternal father and we have to look to him for all things. If you believe he created you and you believe that he made the seas and the skies, then you better believe that whatever his plan is for you is far better than any plan you could ever design yourself. You have to believe that if he says, have faith in me and trust in me, that that is all he's asking. That is what he's requiring of you. He's not saying, trust in me and trust in these other things. No, no, no. Those other things are going to let you down. God will never let you down. You might be in a storm in your life right now. You might feel like you're in a shipwreck and things are just awful. They're terrible. But remember to keep your eyes on God. Because he is the person that will deliver you from whatever you're going through. And maybe it won't look like you're being delivered at the time. But I promise you, I promise you that God's plan for you is a beautiful plan. And it will be used for God's glory. You know, the centurion uh, cut that lifeboat off after seeing Paul's faith in God. The centurion didn't see the angel. He saw Paul. 
And that's what we are, guys. We're light to this world that are showing other people what we do in a shipwreck. We look to God. And this, in turn, lets other people see the Lord through us. So keep the faith, guys. Keep running that good fight, that race. Stick with it. Keep your eyes on the Lord and remember that everything that we are doing, you know, it's just for the here and now, but it's supposed to be for God's glory. Our home is eternally with him in heaven. This is just our pit stop right now. Whether it be beautiful right now or bumpy, this is where God has placed us and we need to keep our faith and our eyes on him. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to Nesting with the Early Birds with your hostess, Shannon Early. Remember, you can share this with other people that might like it. Do some kind of reviews or ratings or hit the like button. I don't know. You can find me on Facebook slash Nesting with the Early Birds, nestingwiththeearlybirds.com. You can email me at nestingwiththeearlybirds at gmail.com. And remember, God totally loves you all the time. Thank you.